0: by call next we're a group of guys from the dc suburb call next on all the biggest sports topics of the week pete jk GoGo, nice to see you guys
1: what up what up what up,
0: what up? we got a big week ahead boys nfl i don't want to hear anything about nba and how the wizards have won the last eight games in a row i don't want to hear going? anything about anthony davis returning and they lost both games with him back no hockey talk even though the caps are on fire nfl this week the draft thursday friday Saturday. Are you guys pumped? I well, just want
1: to he- make this statement that we don't have to talk with the Wizards. I just want to make the statement that I'm very sad that they're winning because what's the point? I want a lottery pick.
0: What do you mean? But- what's the point? There's a play-in tournament this year.
1: Yeah, but I want a lottery pick because you're not winning anything. This team's not winning anything.
0: If you're the one seed or the two seed, you don't want to play the Wizards. Not that you're necessarily going to lose, but they're going to give you a hard time. But we're not talking NBA yeah, today. Fine, fine, fine,
1: fine. You're right, you're right, you're
0: right. Go we're ahead, talking NFL draft, the best time to be a Washington football fan is right now is Pete a- on the other hand gets to enjoy the whole season because his team actually performs well throughout the year uh, but right now is the best time to be a Washington football fan because this is the most optimistic period days before we screw the draft up and then days before all the other headaches happen JK are you with me at least
2: dude I, this is my fucking crisp yeah. I love the NFL draft I openly pay attention to every round up until like the fourth or I want to know exactly who the Washington football team is drafting. I want to know which asshole I'm about to hate because they just got drafted by the Cowboys. I want to know which person I'm going to cuss out for the next few years because they're on the Giants and the Eagles. And personally, it, it, this is literally like I live for the NFL draft. I like do so many random mock drafts that make absolutely no sense. I always send them back and forth with GoGia and like a couple other people that I have like little group chats with. And it's it's just like. This and free agency has always been the highlight of my football career. (laughs) Like It's like, oh, like, you know, we're not going to win. Like, why not? Why not pretend like we can win with the amazing players that we just had?
3: Well, to add to your level of excitement and entertainment. This year will be that first year where we're we're gonna see something different, right? Where a lot of players were able to opt out or didn't play or may have not played in a couple of years due to injury um, and with COVID coming up, right? So I think it's gonna be exciting to see. I think Rosh and I have already called it. I think the draft will go so drastically different after pick number three, depending on what they do. Um, I think I'm excited to see that because that can be like, ha, JK told you. Old you fields wasn't going three <laughs> that, that <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of a lot of players a lot of potential a lot of things we'll probably touch on today where uh, there could be a lot of shakeup in the draft yeah
0: there can be so we've already done a mock draft predicted where people may go um washington had an awful pick from what we predicted and how it would lay out um so since that conversation, I think we've all done a little bit more research, looked into some of the people that we said would go where um, we're going to, we're going to, what, what's our agenda for today? Uh, Gogo? what are we talking about?
1: Talking about sleepers, the deep, the players that aren't first round players, maybe not even second round players, depending if they can be second round players. I don't think it's a, that's a big deal, but anything outside of that normal, you know, everyone does that first round mock, right? So everything outside of that, right? So, we're talking about those players that we've dug up that we're hoping our teams get or go to a cool landing spot that we can like draft in fantasy. Like, you know, some running backs, wide receivers like that. Um, things like that. And people like maybe we'll talk at the end, like people that we think are going to slide like, down the draft and are going to be a steal or someone that's going to get drafted way too high. <coughs> Trey Lance, <coughs> something like that. You know, so that's, I think let's start with sleepers, huh? On the offensive side of the ball. Let's Let's start with offense because it's the more exciting side. So, who wants to. Get, Kick it off with the, with the offensive sleeper that is going to go to the Hall of Fame, that's going to go to Canton, that's not going in the first round, that every thir- all 32 teams are sleeping on. Who is it?
3: Well, this is about to be a pretty short podcast. I guess we're not talking <laughs> about the Wizards, that, or football today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who, who has the first one? Who is doing Jabril Cox? I just want to know. I want you guys to just get it out of your system. I, like you've
2: been talking uh, about for I, days. And I will, I'll be completely honest. I'm going to let Arash take Jabril Cox because I know Arash. And, like, he, his defensive-minded, like, attitude towards, like, the game. And, like, like he's just going to be able to explain it way better than I can on why this guy's a beast and why this guy should be a first-round draft pick. But he's not going to be. Well, let's but do offense first. But of I'm
0: going to get to Jabril Cox. Because I, I like J.K. I'm similar with J.K. I think he is a, a gem. Um, but let's do offense first, like go go uh, propose, and then we're gonna dive into defense. Because I think we're all a little bit more excited about defense than offense in this draft. Um, other than the quarterbacks who are basically getting all the spotlight and attention, and a few notable running backs. Other than that, it's really defense that's um, flooding the uh, the draft. I'm excited to see how it shakes out. First round picks, you got 32 first round picks. It may side more offense and defense, but I feel like there's better defensive prospects. At least more numerous, uh, there's more quantity of defensive players that are studs. So uh, here's where I'll differ with you. I feel that because
2: there's so many defensive players available, um, and because the first round is so wide receiver, or not wide receiver, so offensively top heavy, because the amount of quarterbacks that we're expecting to go, the amount of linemen that just always end up getting picked because they're linemen. Um, the the three stud wide receivers that we have, like because of the surplus of offensive talent and the top side of that offensive talent are all getting taken in the first round. I think we're seeing a lot of defensive players getting pushed into the later round. And part of that is just because this is an offensive game. It, it is what it is. That and there's like five, six quarterbacks
1: that could go in the first round. We were talking about like, out of 32 teams, six, six of them, six picks are going to be, like, quarterback maybe, at least five. I mean, that already, then you're like, oh, we got to help that quarterback, right? Like, the Jets and the Jags have, like, two picks. So, you're like, okay, we got this shiny quarterback. Let's get an offensive lineman or a wide receiver to help the guy. Why do we need a cornerback here? It just ends up playing to that, like, like that ideology of, like, I got to help the quarterback. We just, you know, spend a second overall pick on him, so... I mean, then it just trickles down. I don't I honestly don't think we're seeing a defensive player go in the top ten at all. Maybe not top twelve. I I, I don't see it. I disagree with that
2: because Patrick Sertan is going okay.
1: Sorry, he'll go at ten. He'll go at ten. Sorry, I forgot about that. That's but I think in the top like twelve, there may be only be one, which is wild still. Right? Yeah. So all right, who wants to kick off that offensive player? I can I can kick it off if you want. I, I, I can
2: go in because I'm kind of cheating on mine. Okay, go for it. Like, If you say Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence I'm going to slap you. <laughs> I am going with his teammate. Though, okay. Because what is the one position that is completely disregarded in the league right now? It's running back, mm-hmm. right? And I think because no one's going to go running back, it, it, it's not that sexy pick anymore. Someone's going to go early second round with Travis Intian. Yeah. And the guy's the beast. The problem with him is he's a little bit slower than like a couple of the other top speed guys. But I think throughout his college career, like, yes, he was on a stack Clemson team. He's been showing that how great he has been. And personally, like he's been nothing but running and running and running. And he's been a good pass catching receiver. And, you know, he, he's been producing touchdowns, been producing yards, passing and receiving and, or not passing, but receiving and rushing. So. Mm-hmm. Like he is a lock to be one of those next great running backs, Like the second round talent that go that realistically 10 years from now, everyone's going to be like, Oh, like Travis Antian should have been a first round pick, but he wasn't because he's a running.
1: He could honestly be one of those guys, you know, where a team like will trade with like the chiefs or Tampa Bay, just to be like one of the last two picks, just to scoop him. That's like what he could end up being. Yeah. I honestly,
2: he could be, I mean, the the lucky thing is oh the unlucky thing for him is Najee Harris is widely considered the best running back, rightfully really deserved. But you know, if it wasn't for Najee, he Travis Intian would be a first round pick.
1: I, I honestly don't think either one of them in the first round. I like re mocked afterwards. I'm like, I feel like why why go running back at all? Like there's there's so much other talent. It doesn't make sense. You it wait doesn't. till the second round. Exactly. Like that's what I think. I, I think whoever reaches for Najee Harris is, it's a luxury pick. It has to be a team that can go with that luxury pick. No, yeah. I, I don't know how many teams can do that. Um, what do y'all think, what do y'all think about that?
0: So, Travis Etienne was like the number one perspe- uh, prospect running back last year. And he decided to come back, right? He looked at the Clemson roster. He was like, dude, Trevor Lawrence is going to be here. Let's make another run, get another championship. And it just didn't work out. Um, Obviously, Alabama went on and won the championship and demolished Clemson. And so it, that's the risk, right? These players take when they're that junior year and they can come back for that senior year, but they may sacrifice their draft momentum. And I think ETN definitely did. He's not talked about that much, but I think he's a great sleeper pick by JK because last year he, he wouldn't, there was no way to call him a sleeper. This year, he's not getting that much recognition. Najee Harris, even in my opinion, I think is the better running back. But whoever scoops up ETN, they're probably going to get him at a good value. They may get him either at the end of the first or the second round. And if you can get him in the second round, that's a huge steal because this guy's still good. He's the same running back we saw last year who everyone was willing to draft in the top first round. And it's just one season removed. Nothing's happened. He hasn't been injured or anything. There's just more hype around other players. He's a great sleeper pick.
2: Let, I'm going to tell you this. And I'm calling it right now. Whoever gets him, gets the next young Le'Veon belt. Mm-hmm. When Le'Veon came out of Michigan State, he killed it his rookie year he killed it his second year then obviously like when his drama went down like that's kind of what made him fall off but with that young Le'Veon that's what I see out of uh Travis Cynthia
3: so I'll, I'll follow your track with that JK that's a that's a good pick um uh, someone along the lines of running back which is uh interesting along that line which we know of because we watch hockey football but a guy that oh
1: you're gonna take my pick
3: real Herbert Khalil <laughs> Herbert coming in. He was Underrated. fifth overall on the NCAA rushing this year. He he put up almost 1,200 yards. Um, he had a 4.4640. Um, <clears throat> his knock is he's small, right? He's 210 pounds, but that's not something that you can't beef up when you get to the NFL, but uh, it's an interesting time because we got him. He came from Kansas. He transferred over, um, and I mean, he killed it on a pretty crappy team. We did mediocre this past year, but Along the lines of what you're saying, um, this is a this is a guy that can run the ball. We saw him run the ball hard. Uh, now, whether he blows up to that level of what you're thinking or what I'm thinking, it's 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 someone that if you're waiting late in the draft, you know get you know get a running back early on. This is a guy I would probably take a take a chance on. Um, a lot of people are trying to compare him to Aaron Jones, um, and he's got he's got a chance if he can get into a rotation. Right, he just got to get into a committee or get some get some looks, but. That's, that's another one of these guys, I think, as you were mentioning, um, someone that isn't big, that's been left off the names. But Khalil Herbert, yeah, that's a good late-round pick to pick up.
2: Yeah, see, yours is a real sleeper pick because, like, not everyone's actually looking. Everyone knows who Travis well, Antion is. Yeah.
1: I'm glad you didn't take my pick. And you would go with a tech guy. You would. You would go with that guy. Um, but I was going to go Javante Williams in the ACC. And I'm, I'm willing to put money 10 years from now that he was the best running back to come out of this. Draft. I bet it. Cause I looked at everyone in the scouting reports coming out of it, and his comparisons are like Kareem Hunt and, um, what was it? Frank Gore and guys like that. And those are like no chumps whatsoever. And he runs like a tank and he's like elusive at the same time. But like he's going to go in like the third round or maybe the late second and he's going to be a freaking steal for some team. And I'm going to take him in fantasy this year. If he ends up in the right situation, he's the guy I'm taking in fantasy this year. And I think he's going to be one of those, like, rookie, like, running backs that you get in fantasy that win you that league because you get him in, like, sixth or seventh round. So I'll be keeping my trophy in my league. So we'll be getting that trophy you know, back.
2: Rush, trophy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd be.
1: Rush, what about you? Who else you got? You got a running All back right. for us, too?
0: I actually am also looking at running back. <laughs> um So I didn't watch much football, but the football that I much college football this past season, given the shortened season and all, until the playoffs, obviously. But the few games that I did watch were ACC because of Virginia Tech, and there were two running backs at UNC. If you guys know, if you guys recall these guys, Michael Carter, Michael Carter, Javante Williams. These guys went off last year, and not just one went off, and the other was there too. They both had hell of a career at UNC, and not just that. Like it's kind of hard, right, to have two running backs playing at the same time and both playing really good. They both decided to come into the draft this year. One's a junior, one's a senior. Um, But if you guys remember, there was a Miami game, UNC versus Miami. They both blew up. I think Williams had like 300 yards. Carter had like 200 yards. It's amazing for for one guy to have 200 yards in one game. They both combined for like 550 yards Um, and they're both completely different backs, right? Michael Carter, a lot more creative, a lot more small and nimble. I think he'll get drafted after Javante Williams. Mm -hmm. Javante's got much more better stats, much more better career, but he's a bigger back, right? He's a more powerful type of runner. Um, I like both of them. Um, It's hard to say that one's going to be better than the other because they both had such good careers and they both split time. So you never saw one more predominantly than the other. But dude, go watch their highlights. And if you watch one of their highlights, you'll probably end up catching both of their highlights. They both had awesome careers. They're not going to be anywhere near the top three or four running backs drafted. They're probably right after that first tier of running backs, like the names we just mentioned, right? ETN, Najee Harris. But dude, these guys are where you find value. These are the guys uh, that slip like Kamara and you get in the later rounds and then they end up being stars. I could see one of these guys blowing up.
1: In that Miami game, they had the um, UNC ran it 45 times. 45 times for over
0: 500. These yeah. Studs. I think they made a, I think it was an NCAA record for combined rushing yards.
1: I mean, it has to be right. Like it has to be, man, that is I'm excited wild. To
0: see which one ends up blowing up. Most likely they both won't, but they're completely different backs, right? Williams is much more big and bulky and a pounder, a bruiser. Yeah. And then you have Carter. Who's like, he looks fast with that number eight Jersey during college. And I'm, I'm excited to see both of them. I rather have, I rather have, I guess, Carter because I'm more of a speedster. He reminds me a lot of like Giovanni Bernard, but he's bigger than Giovanni. Um,
1: yeah.
0: But yeah, I think these guys keep an eye on them. UNC running backs, both of them are in the draft this year. I think they're both going to be good.
1: Yeah, agreed. And they're going to be late. <sighs> this is why you don't. I don't feel like you have to go running back so early at all because like you can get these guys that like are going to blow up. Like
0: these guys uh, are still somewhat of a roll of a dice. Etn for the most parts guaranteed. Najee Harris is a hundred percent guarantee. Uh, but for injury. You're not going to miss with those guys. These two UNC guys are good, but they yeah. could be a miss. Yeah.
3: I mean, they're similar to like what I'm, I'm, I'm kind of telling you, like same thing, like we watch ACCs is why I put out Khalil Herbert, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if he was, in, you know, the homegrown guy from Virginia Tech, I'd have been like, okay, let's see. He's been there for multiple years. And usually try to take three or four-star athletes term to the five stars. He's got transferred, right? He's just trying to play. He's like, I have nowhere to play. He came from Kansas. And he had a pretty, he had a pretty solid season. But again, it's like, all right these guys have the potential and exactly like your two guys, it's do they get the rotation and then can they play on that next level or not? If not individually yeah. in the ACC, they had some solid games. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. So I did want to make sure that I brought at least one other player because I did feel like I was copping out with Travis Sintian. Um, my last guy that, uh, well, the next guy that I have is a guy that I played for South Carolina. Um, he's a wide receiver. His name is She Smith. And I personally, like, I was just kind of like casually just looking at players and like reading things. And I kind of put on his highlight tape. And yet again, like, I'm going to always echo what Arash is saying. Like, you know, highlights are meant to make you look good. But this guy, like, when I was seeing it, I'm just like, damn, like, A, he's fast. B, like, he just looks like he's going to be one of the better slot wide receivers coming out of this draft. Like, I don't think that this guy is going to be like your bona fide stud wide receiver out on the outside. No one's going to be able to guard him in the league. But like for a small guy, he's like 510, I believe, 190 pounds. And he's been producing, get like, again, not like wide receiver number one numbers, but like every single year he's been producing. And that's like, you know, personally, I feel like the Gamecock know what they're doing when they're coming out with pass catching receivers. You know, they've had Debo Samuel, they've had Hayden Hurst, they've had uh, the Brian Edwards guys, all who have been able to produce in the NFL, not necessarily just be complete bust. But I think as far as like a late round wide receiver that can end up producing, I think Shea Smith would be a, a good candidate to kind of look out
0: for. I like it. I like it. I feel like it's exciting to see running backs and um, receivers drafted in the late rounds because you like, you envision them hopefully blowing up, right? Last year for the Washington football team, um, Antonio Antonio Gandy-Golden, right? I yeah. was so high on him and he was he was what, like a fourth round pick, but like you just start watching tape and you start envisioning, oh, this guy could be a freaking steal. Um, and then it didn't end up being that way.
1: Not yet, not yet. Not yet.
0: That time, uh
1: Yeah, he's not going to be. <laughs> Who uh, was who's your next guy?
3: Uh, so obviously the interesting thing that we've been talking about this draft is quarterbacks, right? So we've got our top name quarterbacks, but um, assuming that you're not in that top half and you, you're waiting late into the round, there's a guy that's been getting out. Yeah, he, he hasn't been mentioned a lot because again, similar to my last prospect, he was a transfer, so he was the Wake Forest quarterback transferred to Georgia, but he opted out of the 2020 season. So this is Jamie Newman. So, He basically had stat lines comparison of a Tyrod Taylor. Um, I think in 2019, he had 20, almost 2,900 passing yards, 26 touchdowns, 600 rushing yards, six touchdowns. Um, And he's got the frame of a Doc Prescott. He's a 6'3", 235, pretty big built quarterback. So um, again, this has been interesting, like I said, where these guys opt out of 2020 season due to COVID. 2019 was good and say, if he played in 2020, maybe might have tied the same numbers, gotten more. Um, but basically there's only been, I guess over the last 10 drafts, right? There's been four quarterbacks, picked out a third round or after a third round that even delivered a top 20 QB season. So we've got Gardner Minshew, Prescott, Kirk Cousins and Tyrod Taylor. So he's getting the comparisons of Tyrod's numbers and the body of a Doc Prescott. And he can run like both these guys do a threat. Might be a late round something you pick up at the end um if you're still looking for a quarterback you want something on your bench um it's got potential
1: hey, we're talking about uh kellen mon from uh a&m to be that dak prescott because if you look at all their like um at- like their their physicals they're literally identical six 225 like
2: ran the, pretty much the same my 40. i'm
1: not i'm not picking him you can talk about him i i, I haven't looked into him oh, past i don't want to talk about
2: him now you run <laughs> You ruined I don't, the spice and flair for him now. No,
1: he just brought up Dak. That's why I brought up. No, talk about it because I don't know more than that. I was like, uh, uh, I started I, watching.
2: Yet again, I actually don't know that much about him either. But yeah. I just remember, like, they are showing some of his tapes from his pro day. And, like, yeah. some of those bombs that he was throwing, oh, my God, it was glorious. Like, yeah. he, he definitely has an arm on him. And, like, like you said, he just kind of reminds you of, like, that Dak Prescott type guy. Exactly. I think in the right system, he can be the deck, right?
1: But I, I think in the wrong system, because like he also was like throwing under 50, under 60% completion percentage. So it's like, if you're doing that in college, how hard is it going to be? It's going to be hard in the NFL, harder in the NFL,
2: right? Yeah. I mean, so. his, his problem was always accuracy, right? Yeah. But like if you do look at his numbers, like it has shown that he has improved on his accuracy every year. Mm-hmm. But the big thing for him is, can he get in? to a system that would kind of fit his mold yeah. he needs a yeah. guy that can actually work with quarterbacks and he would want to be the guy that's willing to learn like yeah you know and, and granted i feel like that ends up happening more with like the later round quarterbacks that are like okay we weren't taken first we weren't taken in the first round we weren't guys that were like a a person that was supposed to go high and we fell into like the middle to late rounds yeah. you know like He's a guy that's going to get taken where he's projected to go, second to third round. Um, and personally, I, I feel like he is going to be one of those quarterbacks that kind of come out of this draft that's like either like their Kirk Cousins type, the Dak Prescott type that may not ever like get, win you a Super Bowl, but like he can make you get some playoff wins.
1: He's going to be a starter for a long time. Like you found a guy that can. I think him and Kyle Trask are the same thing in that situation. Like they're both going to end up in situations that are good compared to like Trevor Lawrence, who's going to a team with nobody on the team. So, I mean, I, I agree. Um, I wanted to give you one. This is my favorite player. I think in the draft, Nico Collins from uh, Michigan, he's 6,4, 215, And he runs like lightning and he can catch the deep ball. The middle ball isn't all that great, but I think he's going to go in the third and I'm hoping Washington is there to get him. I'm like hoping. Yeah,
3: you he, got ran a four four three forty.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's, at, cool.
3: That's pretty solid. <laughs>
1: and he's six four two fifteen. Like, he's a big dude. On top of that, he didn't play this past year because of COVID. Because it's the Big Ten's fault because they were to cancel the season. And then he signed an agent. And then he's like, "Well, I guess I'm just going to the drafting and getting ready for that." Um,
3: because on the board they got him at a like wr sixteen, right? So overall thirty seven. So
1: yeah, so like. Uh, it's, I think he's gonna fall past that. I think he's gonna end up in the third. I think that run on like defensive players will happen in the second round. I'm just hoping Washington's there to pick him up. And I saw a mock where he was gone one pick before, and I was so sad. Even though it was a mock, I got so sad. Um, but dude, That's six four.
3: Like I mean, the numbers right? He only had 730 yards, but he he was in the he's playing against uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, Ronnie Bell. Um, so he's, he's not getting his opportunities there so. and,
1: and quarterback play was terrible there like it, Michigan did not have a quarterback situation that was good, so i'm I'm like really hoping Nico Collins shows up there well, I could also see him going to a place like um Green Bay
3: that's well, somewhere you'd you be six four and you can run you can run like that mm. a lot of people want you yeah,
1: exactly he just he doesn't have that like his route running on those like middle middle tier routes aren't isn't great, but I'm like you can teach that. With the right coaching, you can teach that.
3: I can taught, right? Speed and height cannot be taught. So Exactly,
1: exactly. So that, that, that's the one I'm like, that's the guy I'm like really excited about that I'm, I'm waiting to see his name get called on day two. Um, Rush, you got another one? For uh, offense?
0: Yeah. No, those two UNC <laughs> running backs are my guys. I'm actually excited to see where they land. And if I get it right in a few years, I'm going to come back and brag about it.
3: Rush, I didn't even want to pick two different teams. You want to double down on the same same team. Same <laughs> I'm fish. actually
0: gonna do the same thing for defense. I got two guys from the same team. That's hilarious. Is
1: anybody else got any more offense? Any more offensive guys? I got one more and then we can keep going. Then all right, I'm gonna go with one last one was tight end Brevin Jordan. All the talk about Kyle Pitts, you know, being like the fourth overall pick. I, I'm also I'm obviously salty about that. So I went and found a tight end that you can get, and what are they projecting? I don't know what round they're projecting. I think it's like the third round, maybe the fourth. And this dude is 6'3", 250, and he can catch. He can run routes. Uh, I mean, he's just not a great blocker, but neither is Kyle Pitt. So, yeah, I mean, take him late, and he'll probably end up in the right situation. I saw his comp being like Janu Smith. So, I mean, if you get him in the third, fourth round, that's a productive member of society and productive member of the football team. So. It was my only last guy. Um, anybody else? Anybody else got anything for offense or good defense?
0: Well, I'm excited to see this offensive tackle for Virginia Tech, right? Garrisaw, yeah. Um, yeah. He's every now and then projected to go to Washington. And so that's the only reason he catches my eye. I don't know if he's going to be good. And I'm afraid because, well, I'm afraid on two fronts. If Washington gets him, that's one thing. And two he's a Virginia tech Hokie. So I almost feel some type of allegiance towards him. Um, But he's like mixed in there as potentially the second, third, or fourth best tackle prospect. Um, I think, I don't know. I don't know if he's a sleeper, um, but I, in my opinion, he's not that good, but if someone grabs him late because they think the same thing as me, um, he could be great value.
1: Everything I've read about him is that he has all the intangibles. It's a matter of coaching and getting him to the, to getting him into the next level. And like, you know, he has every athletic ability to be a great tackle. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of getting the right offensive coordinator and the right like O-line coach to like get it out of him pretty much.
2: Right. The, the one last player that I want to bring up is nope. Landon Dickerson. Yeah. Uh, and and it's strictly because he's falling because of his his, ACL tear. His ACL tear. Yeah. Um, obviously it's a huge risk. You have a big dude with a bad knee now. Um, you know, those guys are always like, you know, like on their knees, kind of you you need your knee strength for that. But if if he can kind of come back to what he was before his injury, I think he could be very successful and realistically, you know. Whoever gets them, they can use them all over the line uh, as far as any yeah, of the yeah. interior positions, whether it's a guard or a center. yeah. And he can be successful in the NFL if he can come back healthy and in a good position as well.
1: If he wasn't hurt, we were, he wouldn't even be a sleeper anymore. He yeah. would be a second-round pick, no problem. Even maybe sneak into the first round, end of the first set. I, yeah, I personally ACL think
2: he would have been a first-rounder.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was just a matter of that unfortunate ACL tear at the end of the season on top of that. Yep. All right, let's go to defense. Um, Rosh, I'm going to let you kick it off. You're the resident defensive expert here. so All right. Go with Jabro Cox. Tell us about him.
0: Dude, Tell us about this you. guy is a stud, um, which people probably know, but he's actually not even projected to be a top five linebacker. So that's let me, let me start there. This dude's a linebacker who's got the body of a safety, um, who actually plays like a corner. Um, he's got a combination of physical attributes that go to his strength. Do you guys know where this guy played before LSU? It was at. Um... It was at a uh, you know D2 you know school, this. right? It was at a D2 school, wasn't it? It was FCS school. He was playing with Trey Lance. He was yeah. playing for North Dakota yes. State. Yes. Um, this guy was not a D1 prospect coming out of high school. So he had an ACL injury that completely screwed his high school career. He had to go play at North Dakota skate- State for a few years, and he was blowing up, right? Killing it, transitioned to the SEC. Now, what's, what's the fear, right? When you go from an FCS school to a D1 school, let alone the SEC, which everyone thinks is the best um, conference in Division I, the fear is you're not going to translate, right? You're, you look good in the FCS because you're playing inferior opponents. Dude, all the highlights that we're seeing is of this guy at LSU. Go back and look at his North Dakota State highlights. They're just as impressive, but it shows that he's not a fluke. Um, he, his game translates. He's a stud. He reminds me a lot of Isaiah Simmons, right? Who was a top ten pick just last year. Um, Washington was one of the teams that were rumored to be interested in Isaiah Simmons. Thankfully, we didn't get him, and I think there's still time for Isaiah Simmons. But very similar build, right? He's got the body of a safety, but he's actually playing linebacker. Um, he's so good in coverage. He's so good at tackling. He'll run downhill. He's not afraid of contact, and that's just stuff you can see on tape. The most impressive thing about him is what you hear about him, right? His work ethic his dedication to like being a good role model, like being a good player, being a smart guy off the field. Um, There's rumors that he was injured in a few of the games, but he like continued to play anyways. Um, It's awesome to hear about that kind of stuff. And he's not even a top five linebacker coming into the draft. He's going to probably get drafted end of first, maybe second round pick, maybe, maybe fall. Um, But I think he's a hell of a sleeper because he's not going to be a top, one of the top five guys in his position. He's definitely an outside linebacker, And he's definitely old, right? So he played a few years in the FCS. So he's a redshirt senior. He's not like a young junior coming out. um, So he's got a few years on him. But dude, I think this guy's going to be a great player. Um, They got to you got to use him well, though, right? Like Isaiah Simmons, for the most part, I don't think was used utilized that well in Arizona. Um, If you're following Washington's situation, there's rumors that they're going to convert Landon Collins to a linebacker this year. Is that a
1: small linebacker?
0: Isn't no, one but they, the way they play, they it'll suffice, right? If you tell me it's a, like, re, uh, who, who we have, like, other, like, Sua Cravens, for instance, they tried him at linebacker. Sure, he's good in coverage, but his body frame is not good to play at the linebacker position because you can't take on these offensive linemen or running backs in between the tackles. A Jabril Cox body type, 230 pounds, 6'3". A Landon Collins body type, yeah, these guys can play. A Cam Chancellor, they can play down there um, in between the tackles. So it depends on your build. Um, I think Landon Collins can do it. His his argument is he doesn't want to do it. He envisions himself to be Sean Taylor and he wants to be a safety. Um, but Jabril Cox, Isaiah Simmons, these guys can do it and they're doing it, right? Um, he plays Cox plays linebacker, Isaiah Simmons for the most part plays linebacker. Um, and this guy's gonna be a stud. I'm super excited for him. Um, I'm actually more high on him than I was on Isaiah Simmons, only because Isaiah Simmons had the hype. Like, we knew he was going to be. He also it. went
1: in, like, the top, what, like, seven last year? Five yeah, last seven. year, so. Was he
0: five? Um, I, thought, I thought he was, like, a top, like, five. I think six. he was projected to go five. For some reason, I thought he was, like, seven or eight, um, wherever Arizona was. And he's not a bad pick. He didn't have a great rookie year. Um, but the sa- same strengths that he has, you can get in Jabril Cox. You just don't have to use the top ten pick. So like if I'm any team and if my my uh, scouts last year told me to draft Isaiah Simmons, I should go get Jabril Cox because I'm gonna get great value. I'm gonna get the same player. Yeah, he went eighth
2: Eighth overall last year.
1: Eighth overall, yeah. And this this is a guy you might be able to get. Here, but I'm gonna get him
0: at a discount. Um, Maybe
1: in a third. (laughs) Like that's. Dude, yeah. Like
0: legitimately, he's got some some flaws, but like all these guys do. Even the number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, has flaws. Um, but you're going to get this guy at a deal, and you're basically getting the same player that went number eight overall last year. That's my yeah. spiel on uh, Jabril Cox. I, know I, saw, familiar with I that. saw the
1: comparison on Walter football was C.J. Mosley. So that's, that's not a bad comparison. That, that's a great comparison. They're yeah. looking at him like they're both 6'3". Um, C.J. Mosley is, I think, a little bit heavier, but
2: not a lot. So that's a damn good comparison. The The thing about Jabril Cox is – he's not a guy that made it on his talent alone. Granted, he's very talented, but he absolutely looks like one of those guys that wants it. Yeah. Like, he's in it for the love of the game. And granted, some of that might change, like come come NFL timeframe, like that stuff might be different, but at the same time, it's like you are a guy that like, if he goes to a good system that like, has a defensive coordinator that knows how to work with him. That was the problem with Isaiah Simmons. They didn't know how to use him in the beginning of the season. If you look at Isaiah Simmons at the second half of the season in comparison to the first half of the season, when they started to understand how to utilize him, that's where he started coming up with his highlight. If you look at his Isaiah Simmons highlight video, it's all from the second half because he wasn't, Mm -hmm. he didn't know how to make plays in the first half that line, that hybrid linebacker position is one of the harder positions on the defense to play because you're doing, you basically have to be good at two positions. That's what it is. You have to be good at a safety and you have to be good at a linebacker. And generally those guys are undersized linebackers, which is why like, you know, they get that hybrid role. They're going to be that dime linebacker. They're going to be that nickel linebacker. So Jabril Cox has just stud written all over him. I can totally see a pro bowl career out of him as well. Um, as long as he goes to the right system that knows how to utilize it. Agreed. 100%. Um, the guy that I wanted to go for, for this is actually from Ohio state. Um, their linebacker, Pete Warner, he's 6'3, 243, with like a lot of these studs that left Ohio state last year they say Pete Warner is like one of the heart and soul linebackers of this defense that they just had. And like, same thing here, you know, like you look at his, like, he's just a guy that like he never had it all for himself. So he's just the guy that works extra hard. He tries to get everything done. And I personally, I love him. If we could get this guy in a later round, like I, I I would absolutely love it because he seems like he can be like that next you know, lower linebacker that kind of comes in, is able to play better than what he actually is. You see a lot of these guys that are drafted linebacker. Most of the time you get a first round guy, you, it's a 50, 50 shot, whether or not they make it or not. A lot of our super stud linebackers have been coming in the second round or later. Um, and I think Pete Warner can be like that. He's a smart guy. He has some tools um and he has the heart behind it i can totally see him if he's able to stay healthy as well like being that next sean lee type
0: who retired today by the way in breaking um dallas cowboy news i'm sure you guys saw
1: yeah it made sense i mean he was always (laughs) Yeah,
3: body was done
1: (laughs) yeah exactly i'm surprised for the
2: cowboys (laughs) pete warner coming to you
1: (laughs) i don't want that i don't want them to get anybody um uh, Pete, what do you got?
3: Um, so I got another guy. So obviously, I'm going for all these stretch names, right? You guys are hitting that second tier. So another guy I was looking at. Um, so one of the one of the schools that you would not consider as the sexy pick for putting players or safeties in in the NFL. Um, UCF, Central Florida. Um, mm-hmm. right now that have Richie Grant who uh, plays safety out there. Um, a couple of guys, obviously, that you know. They came in where um, actually. Hold on one second. So Richie Grant, basically, let me start with this. He's listed at six foot one ninety four, which is a pretty good size for a safety, but not the best size, right? You want a couple more inches on that. But the, the first thing about this guy that I like that I've been noticing is, you know, he he has forty nine solo tackles this past season. He had forty eight the season before, and he had almost three and a half tackles for a loss. Um, I think something with a lot of these guys that we're looking at, obviously we want Sertain, we want these guys coming out. We have the corners, we got the Caleb Farley or whatever. I think this is a guy that will go on day two um, due to teams falling, right? We've only got three guys, maybe two that we mentioned the other day that we typically think that will go in that first round, maybe end the first round. But um, I think out of Central Florida, he's just, he's got some consistency on him, he's got size. Again, I think both of my guys, I'm going with the size and speed. I'm going with stretches here, but I think that's another guy that's, you know, 50, 100 tackles in the past two seasons. Um, And if you got the size, that's somebody maybe in the later round that you want to pull. Have you guys heard of this guy at all? I
0: have. I have. I didn't know all this much about him. Um, Where is he projected to go?
3: He's going to go at day two, but... (sighs) They're saying if stretch, he could go at the very end of the first round if someone were to do a stretch pick on him.
0: At the end of the first round, I, I feel like I always feel like there's a steal there, right? Like Lamar yeah. Jackson, Clyde Edwards Alaire, those like very few picks right at the end of that first round is when um, t- players that you think are not going to be picked for a little while, a team just swoops in and grabs them. I wouldn't be surprised if this guy is an example this year
3: again it's going to be all depending on how we see this draft slip right uh if, if they do that shift like in the middle of the first round everyone including you guys right you right now you don't know who you're going to take you're just waiting to see who falls right so it's interesting yeah. to see who are those late late first round one or two steals there's one every year we just don't know what they are it's going to be interesting to see who falls there
1: yes sir all right my guy
3: i was gonna say the other thing was, you know out of there as well so you had mike hughes and bushard perryman that came out of there as well so
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i was gonna go real quick i don't have a lot of defense guys i was looking at all the offense guys because you know they're the sexy picks i got kelvin joseph from kentucky it's just a lot of talent and not a lot of production that's come out of it he i i was watching i was listening to like some of the um like extended like seven round mock drafts. And they're just talking about how he got torched by Florida. Like Kyle Pitts was all over that ass. Like it wasn't even close, but like he is six, one, one one We're in a four, four. I mean, he was, he did okay. Otherwise, but it just sounded like he needs some coaching. I think as like a slot guy or like the second corner or just kind of being in rotation, you're going to get him in like the third round. I feel like maybe the fourth, there's just so many corners that he's going to be the one that falls. And if you need help in corner, I just feel as a guy that you can, you don't have to play him day one. You can play him in a few years and then, you know, he can run back punts and stuff like that. So it's just like one of those random guys that like has all the talent in the world. It's a matter of coaching it at this point. So that's my only defensive guy. Everyone else is going to go in the first round that I thought of. So never (laughs)
0: let me give those two players that I referenced earlier. They're actually also corners. Um,
1: I left them for you because you were talking about last last week. Yeah, I
0: did talk about him last time. So we know all the big-name corners in the draft, right? Patrick Sertain, top 10 pick likely. J.C. Horn, son of Joe Horn. um, Asante Samuel Jr., son of Asante Samuel. We even know Caleb Farley, the Virginia Tech guy, and Greg Newsome, the Northwestern guy. So everybody knows these top five names. The two corners for Georgia are not getting that much recognition Dude, I t- I said this before. Go watch just highlights film whatever you can find, and you may have to watch highlights of other teams that played them. That's actually how I stumbled upon them. I was watching Alabama versus Georgia, and Alabama demolished Georgia. Like it's not like these guys stood out because they had a winning game. That game was like 42 to 41 to 24. Alabama demolished them, and I was trying to watch Mac Jones highlight, and Mac Jones had a hell of a game. He threw like almost 500 yards, but these guys kept standing out. They were, they play man coverage and to play man coverage against not only any team, but an SEC team like Alabama, like one, as a defensive coordinator, you got to have some cojones because that's how you get burned. But two, you got to have the type of athletes that can play man coverage. Like it's much easier playing zone. I would much prefer when I was in high school to play zone because one, you know, you have the safety helping you just in case, but two, like you don't have to run with your guy across the field. And that's where you need speed. These guys have completely different stories. Eric Stokes, Tyson Campbell. Stokes was a track star in high school, and he did play, obviously, high school football. When you're an athlete in high school, you end up playing basically everything. But he was going to go pursue track until the Georgia defense coordinator was at a game, and he was like, dude, come play. He barely played his freshman year. He wasn't meant to be a football player. And his, like, ba- so basically, barely played freshman year, was one of those guys that got, like, most improved, one of those, like, pat on the back awards by the team and then just ended up becoming a starter. Because of his speed, dude, this guy can track anybody on the field. During Alabama, you're going against Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and he was playing with them. It's not like those guys didn't have good games. They did have good games, but like this guy could run with the best of them. Tyson Campbell, completely opposite. This guy was meant to go play football. He was a star, five-star recruit out of high school, was coached by Patrick Patrick Sertain, whose son is also in this draft. This guy got all the accolades, got all the awards, played his entire freshman year, but same thing, right? Just like Eric Stokes, he's got that speed. These are the kind of corners you want to go get. And it's not like Georgia's known for manufacturing these great defensive backs. I was actually thinking to myself, who's in the NFL has come from Georgia and is a hell of a good defensive back. The only guy I could think of was Bakari Rambo, a free safety that the Washington drafted, and he was a bust. <laughs> yeah. um, but they, they hit on both these guys, and they're both coming in the draft at the same time um, I think they're studs. Like you can teach a lot of things when they get into your um, facility, but you can't teach speed. You can't teach lateral quickness. You can almost teach everything else, those two things. And both these guys already have that coming in. They're not gonna be probably the first five guys taken at their position. I just mentioned all the other names that we all are familiar with, but these guys are the where you find the value. These are where you find the steals. These are gonna be probably late, second, early, third round picks. I'd grab them. I'd grab one or the other. Um, if I'm any team, which and do you like more secondary help or not, you're going to get good value here.
1: Which one do you like more?
0: I think I like Campbell more. Um, like I said, he was the one that got the accolades that got the recognition yeah. as the football player. Um, he's a bit Stokes is a bit more raw. Eric Stokes is a bit more raw. He's the one with the dreads Tyson Campbell. If you're watching the highlights, he doesn't have dreads. Um, he seems a bit more polished and ready. Um, yeah. but they're both great prospects.
1: They were comparing Stokes on Walter football to Darius Slay, and that he could be a like because Darius Slay was a second round guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he like he was a little short, a little short for a corner, and he just had good ball skills, and that's what they're saying Stokes has as well. And then they were giving um Campbell was a thinner Xavier Rhodes, that's their comp for them.
0: It's funny when you read these predictions, these like projected comparisons yeah. because they always predict you to be like compared to a good player. They never say you're Oh no, going there's some trash or okay. like some bum.
1: No, there are some that you're
0: like, "Who is that guy?" I've been what? looking for those because I feel like they always just compare you to like someone great and it's like, I feel like not okay. all these guys are going to be great.
1: Let me see on NFL, who do they got?
2: Uh, well, while, while you look for that Gogia, I was yeah. going to actually talk to about another corner. Um, that you actually already mentioned, which is Asante Samuel Jr. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I bring him up is yeah, like you have like JC Horn, you have like Patrick Sertan, that are these sons of NFL greats that, you know, killed in college. And, you know, I personally, I feel like Asante Samuel Jr. <laughs> Asante is <in> recognition <laughs> right now because he's Asante Samuel's son. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that he went to Florida State, where let's face it, Florida State has had some big name cornerbacks come from there, starting with Dion and Ramsey out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about Asante Samuel, he's undersized, right? His dad was undersized as well. He is I, I think like 5'10 yeah. or something like
3: that. 5'10, 184.
2: Yeah. So like he's not your Prototypical cornerback size. He's look more like a slot cornerback guy. The thing about him is he's a bully on the field. Yeah, that that's one of his weakness. He gets a little grabby with him. So obviously, it's a risk because like in this day and age in the NFL, flag that's going to be a huge problem. Flag, flag, flag. But just this thing about him, like looking at him, seeing like how he plays. Like I just personally love the way that like he's aggressive. Yeah. He, like, just wants to basically mess up the guy across the, across the line from him. And I, I personally think he's going to be better than J.C. Horn. I think he's going to have a better career than Patrick Sertain, even though I think both of those guys are better sooner. I think in the long run, Asante Samuel Jr. will have a longer career than both of those.
1: He might just also end up in the better situation, too, because he's yeah. not going in the verse as well.
2: Yeah, like, and the thing is, like, with him, like, he's going to go to a team that already has an established cornerback. He's going to play nickel. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. Like, you look at Kyle Fuller or Kendall Fuller right now who plays nickel for the Washington defense, and he excels in it, right? Like, anytime there's two wide receivers, there's only two wide receivers, yeah, then he'll play, like, on the outside. But for the most part, he's always playing nickel corner, and he kills it. He gets – he's one of the higher-rated cornerbacks – in the league playing from the nickel spot. And I think that's what Asante Samuel can do.
3: I mean, all the guys were mentioning right there, they've got the potential. It's just, can they get put into the right coaching? Can they get polished up? <clears throat> they've got the speed. They got the size. They've got the agility, like Arash said, you can't teach that lateral quickness. Um, and some of these guys, like, you know, the guy you mentioned, the guy I mentioned, like we know that potential because they've gotten 40, 30, 50 solo tackles. So, at that next level, who can polish them up, who can coach them properly? Can they be put in the right spot? And I mean, that, that that's why it's so hard with these guys, right? Like Arash mentioned two, I mentioned one, you mentioned another one. Maybe two out of the four, maybe none of the four, maybe all four of them might, you know, at the next level, uh expect you know, go beyond the expected, you know, expectations. But it's so tough with these guys, like you never know.
1: It sucks. Like it sucks in the NFL just because it depends so much on co- um, coaching. That your career can be just yeah. screwed because your coach sucks. Like, imagine getting drafted to that 0 and 16 Lions team. Like, who was their first overall pick that year or their first pick that year? Like, it couldn't have been somebody good or it wasn't someone that was a high enough impact. And even if it was someone good, they'll all be referenced back to that 0 and 16. Um,
3: yeah, you're de- I mean, just being on a 16 team, your demeanor is just going to suck, right? Yeah. Versus being on a team, you're just, you're going to be like, all right, what the hell is going on?
1: Exactly. So I'll tell you this, um, Tyson Campbell's comp, um, he was compared to, sorry, I'm pulling back up, uh, was William Jackson the second. That's his comp. So it's not like an like outrageously amazing player. He's second on our defense. So, um,
0: yeah. Asante Samuel Jr., you heard it here first. I'm going to get drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, let's talk about Caleb Farley right quick. Uh, I'd love to hear your guys' take. If you know or if you're familiar with him, I haven't watched much film. Um, but he hasn't played but a I'm lot curious- of football. <laughs> Say again? He hasn't he played, hasn't a, lot played a lot of football. Well, yeah, right. So he sat out last year, and he's the exact opposite of Sante Samuel Jr., right? He's got the body. He's got the size. He's got the frame. Um, he's not small. But then he's got the obvious back issue, um, which is might scare some teams away. It's scaring me away. Like, back is one thing that, like, it's hard to come back from like look at tiger woods and as amazing of an athlete, he is, his back has been his hindrance, um, from going and continuing. And there's been many athletes, um, where if you have that back injury, that back surgery, um, it really will stop you. Does anybody have any info on him?
2: Basically He's- everything that i read about him is he has all the potential, but just not a lot of tape and literally his draft stock is based on strictly potential. Yeah. Like, he is your prototypical corner that you are looking for. But at the same time, it's just like he has one season. That's it. Yeah. It's uh-huh. he's
1: six two two ten, right? Is that right? Am I looking at the wrong person? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Six two two oh seven. And I mean, he has the little tape that he has was supposed to be like is perfect, but then it's like, yo, know, you were injured twice, and we have one year's worth of tape on you. So it's like yeah, it's a, it's a situation where it's like someone, it's going to be a high risk, high reward situation. This could just, you had to go into it thinking this guy's going to be a bust. And you may hit gold. It's one of those. It's like, it's like one of those cryptocurrencies that you can't even pronounce that you a $1,000 on that might make you a billionaire. It's like getting Bitcoin in like 2007.
0: <laughs> right. So he didn't sit out last year. I just want to make sure I didn't. Uh say something confusing he didn't sit out last year because of the injury right yeah yeah.
1: he sat out because of covid right and he sat out because of covid but then he had back surgery he had back surgery after the
3: fact though he didn't sit out for that but that that i mean basically led to it right so you could you could take the opt-out of the covid opt-out and then actually get that surgery right that's that's the biggest issue here right it's it's having back surgery so yeah he had one surgery two surgeries but i think i think the the problem with a lot of teams is Like you said, even with Tiger Woods, it's not just going to be one surgery, multiple surgeries. You might get hit. It might lead to more surgeries, and that's just going to lead to more time off, more time off, more time off. I think that's what's going to kill him, In this is he's going to drop in the draft because of that.
0: He might, or some teams may see the player that he was. So it's funny, like like you guys just said, he's barely played corner, right? He actually was a killer uh, quarterback in high school. He came to Tech, enrolled, hoping to play um, offense. They put him at actually receiver, got injured during spring game, the spring game, didn't even play his first year. His second year is when they actually moved him from receiver to corner, and then he had his breakout season. So a quarterback who actually had to resort to playing receiver but got hurt before he ever could, got converted to corner, and then was all ACC first team.
3: So this is what yeah, they have. It's interesting, but right, the worst two – regardless of all of that the worst two things is one it's his knee the ACL, see then the back right that's so, that's tough so Absolutely.
1: this is this is the like the pros and cons of him on walter football and it's like such good things and then such bad things so mm-hmm. i'll just give you a few of them they're like he's like good height fast can carry vertical routes downfield very good straight line speed closing burst drives hard on, hard on hard on routes recoverability size to match up against big receivers, can play zone, can play off-man corner, physical defender, good at jamming receivers and rerouting them, good tackler, lots of athletic up- upside. That's the strength, the weakness, one-year wonder, sat out 2020 season, losing year of reps, better athlete, athlete than player, needs development, technique, could, imp- could stand improvement, things like that. Like, I can keep going. Then the last three are has one, torn, one torn ACL, serious back injury, Back surgery,
2: durability concerns.
1: So it's like, it's like two ends of it where it's like, this guy could hey, be amazing. Caleb, Caleb or Farley
2: scares the shit out of me. Caleb Farley scares the shit out of me. Like, I, I understand the potential, but the risk slash reward for me means second round pick. And I don't comprehend how he could have possibly had that. Uh, and granted, I didn't watch him live or. Like, I don't even watch a lot of his tapes and stuff, but, like, I'm just, like, I don't understand how he's considered one of the top prospects.
1: Watch his highlight reel, because I know it's a highlight reel, but watch his highlight reel when I'm watching his mock drafts and they're showing to him. If he's that, if he was healthy and looked like that, he'd be the number one corner coming out. We, we would be talking about him being the number one corner because he, but- he could close on everybody, and he was, he was tipping balls out of, like, big dudes. It was just, like, then you're, like, oh, back injury, and then this is only one year of tape.
2: Look, I just don't see it. Like, I just don't see him being a successful player in the NFL. Let me I think, say- think he. I, I think. I didn't that, that one, option. Say that again? Look, let me put it this way. I just don't picture him getting his fifth year option. I, I said that would only
1: happen because of injury. If it wasn't because of injury, I think he but would that, been- that goes into it. That goes into it. I mean, okay. I mean, I I think if he's not injured, he'll have a really good career. And I think when he where they're projecting him in Arizona is a great fit for him there because their defense is, like, almost ready to go. But
2: we'll see. I actually have one last guy that's supposed to be a middle-of-the-round guy. Yeah, tell us. He's a linebacker again. But Dylan Moses from Alabama. These Alabama linebackers, they don't necessarily get the credit that they deserve because – Alabama's just stacked all over the place. Like my comparison that I can think of is Mac Wilson over in Cleveland. You know, and Mac Wilson's first year as a rookie, like I I wanted him so bad. Like when as a Washington football I know like that whole like Alabama Washington football team connection was like big back then and I was just like, yo get us Mack Wilson. Like this guy's going to be a stud. His rookie year, he performed. And I just see the same thing out of Dylan Moses. This guy's a pure leader. He's a little bit undersized. He's 6'1", 225, to be like a middle linebacker or anything like that. But he is just like, they say like he was the heart and soul of that Alabama defense. And if you're looking for a guy that can step up to be a leader and perform, he can be that guy. The, the biggest issue with him has been health. And like, he's, I believe in the 2020 season, he played a bunch of that with like a torn meniscus. So like, he's a guy that'll go out for his team, do whatever he can. He, he broke his foot, his freshman year, like his sophomore year, he performed pretty well. And then last year, like that's where like he tore his meniscus and he's still like, coming out this year as a junior so he's projected to be like a middle of the draft type person and i think whoever gets him is going to get a steal because they're going to not only get a guy that can perform he was a five-star recruit coming into alabama and think about it if you're a five-star recruit you're getting recruited by alabama you're going against the best of the best and from that point like obviously like it didn't really work out because of the injuries but they still you could still possibly get a leader of your defense even if he's not like that like high round leader like it's expected of you but you like get a guy that like kind of performs and he's able to do what he has to do to get the job done that
0: is Dylan Moses I love Alabama players in general I love Mack Wilson I'm a huge fan of his I thought when Cleveland got him in the second round it was a freaking steal um, my only fear, and I don't know if this is gonna to apply to him, is that there are just as many bust linebackers out of Alabama as studs. You have the CJ Mosley, but then you also had the Ryan Anderson. You also have the Sean Dion Hamilton, who actually, when we got drafted, I like dived in and, and tried to figure out who he was. A lot of the same things that were said about Dylan Moses were said about Sean Dion. He was the brains of the defense, he was the communicator. He actually, despite not being the star, was the reason that that team gelled on defense, and so I feel like it's a roll of the dice when it comes to at secondary and linebackers. It seems like D the line there you they can't miss from Alabama, but there's a D Milner who was a bus first round pick for the Jets. As much as there is a Fitz um, uh, Kirk, what's that Cincinnati corner um, kid? Kitt- Kitts- oh, I know
2: exactly who you're talking about, but now I'm blanking on his name too. Kirkpatrick, Kirk I think
0: um but patrick certain actually looks like the real deal i watched his pro day and i don't think you really garner anything from pro day but the dude is cut like just peck on top of another pack um it was actually quite impressive i like found myself staring and like he's wearing underwear out there and it's just like that was a lot
3: just peck on top of this pack is what you're saying
0: (laughs) it was really weird um someone said earlier they think asante samuel jr could be better than patrick certain I don't know about that. I think Asante Samuel Jr. has potential because his dad was overlooked and underestimated, and he proved us wrong. He was a stud for the Eagles. He was a stud for the Patriots. I think his son will do the same. But Patrick Sertain, at least from a visual perspective, looks like he has what it takes. We'll see if his game is actually good. Well, um, let,
2: let me put it this way. I, it, it's not that I think that Patrick – because I'm the one that said it. Mm-hmm. I don't – I'm not saying that Patrick Surtain's going to be a bust – I just think Asante Samuel will have a longer and better career.
0: Mm -hmm. That It could be the case. And if that's the case, like he's better value because you're not going to have to get him in the top 10 picks, which is what you're going to have to pay for Patrick Sertain.
2: Yeah, but yet again, we're also looking at these guys as different players now, right? Like Mm -hmm. when you look at Patrick Sertain, that's a guy that's going to be on the outside all the time. He's not playing your slot corner. Mm -hmm. He's going to be on the outside the whole time. He's gonna be chasing number one guys. Mm-hmm. Right. Then you have Asante Samuel that's gonna be in that nickel cornerback position. And he's gonna like be playing like all the speed guys. He's gonna face number ones because people like putting their number one in the slot to make them like, you know, go against the nickel guy. And that's why you need good nickel cornerbacks. Like you have to have a stud in your nick. Personally, I think having a stud nickel is more important than having a good number two right but these
0: short corners still play on the outside too like they they do when
2: when when it's required of them but like i said with kendall right like if you're washington and you have a three db set look at kendall he's always in the nickel
0: yeah but kendall doesn't play nickel because he's short he's actually pretty tall i think he was
1: he was ranked the best like pffs like best like slot corner. Right, so like he's naturally yeah.
0: good at playing slot, but it's not because and, he's short. Yeah, and, and I'm not
2: saying Asante Samuels good, not suited for outside because he's short. Uh-huh. I'm S- saying that he's just a better suited nickel corner than the other two positions. That's also, it.
1: playing slot corner isn't easier than playing outside corner. It's harder, right? It's, it's harder. Like, oh, yeah. It's so definitely that's harder. Because you can go in every direction. You don't have a second defender with you. of of the at the. You don't on, have the sideline, right? The yeah, sideline's side line. a defender for you to yeah. help. Yep, yep, yep. I just want to throw one last like thing.
0: He oh, does something right. on his mind. No, 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 no,
3: it was just along the lines of what we we're talking, I was just like, yeah, I mean, everything you're saying makes sense, but I'm like, we're also taken away from the fact that we used to put Kendall Fuller all over the field, right? Like that's how good of a defensive player he is. Yeah. So we have the luxury of being able to move him around, do different things, and then find out exactly what he actually excels at and which is exactly what you guys did.
0: Right. Because his dad played outside, Right. Yeah. And like, there's many instances of small corners being good on the outside. Courtland Finnegan, Bent Grimes. Uh, are you are talking about Asante Samuel or? Yeah, didn't his dad play on the outside? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah his yeah. dad was on the outside. They can do it, but you have to be an athlete because you're going to be at a slight disadvantage.
3: Yeah, you have, to, I, you have to be smart. You have to be smart and use that sideline as well, right? Like mm, that's that disadvantage. Yeah. And that's where we know they excel because that the IQ knowledge of the game is what they use and excel at.
0: Yeah, his dad made a hell of a career uh, playing for playing that game.
1: So right, go, tw- go. I would just say one last person on offense because I, I forgot about him, Elijah Moore from Old Miss. He is he's a small dude, but he plays big. And I I don't think I don't I don't think Washington should get him because he's a lot too much Terry. Uh, but he's like five nine, ran a four four, and he's a burner, but he also plays tough. Like, he plays strong. And, like, I was reading about him, and um, he actually broke he, – he went to the same high school, I believe. Uh, no, sorry. Same, he, he broke the um, old Miss's record for receptions that A.J. Brown j- had beforehand. So, just saying, maybe A.J. Brown an- ended up being real good. So, maybe maybe he can do it, too. So he, can, he can make it in the league. So,
0: I hope Washington doesn't go receiver in the draft. Like, there's too many. At all? We have too many. There's too many no, 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 right no. now.
1: Okay, I, I'm going to say this. I honestly think Kelvin Harmon, if he can like come back, right. is going to be good. Yeah, so, if be. that is the case, fine. If he's like progressing and he can be there out there for the offseason, I'm, I'm, I'm good not going receiver. But if you have a chance at Nico Collins, I want that chance. He's 6'4 oh. and Kelvin runs Harmon a great four. Serious, serious question
2: Harmon? for you, GoGo. Six one. I, I actually did want to mention three. this guy. In the second round, if we're sitting there and all of the sexy picks are gone, like Jabril Cox is gone, right? If Terrence Marshall Jr. is there, 6'3", 200 pounds, he has speed, he has route he's running not, ability. I want you him. I would want to pass on that? Okay, okay wait, 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 back up, let, let
1: me say one thing, right? I think he's really good. I don't, I don't doubt that at all. I need to know what we did in the first round to answer that question, to be very honest with you. Did we go tackle?
2: Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we. Uh, I'll say we win tackle.
1: They got take the guy him. from USC. Then I'll take him. Then I'll yeah. Then I'll take him. I'm not against wide receiver, but I'm, I also do kind of agree with the rush. Now that I think about it, that like it doesn't need to be like a stretch either. It doesn't need to be a stretch. But I also don't think Terrence Marshall will be there for us in the second round either, because I I'm We're, telling you
2: guys, you guys, there's plenty, over- there's plenty of mock drafts that actually have him going after us because of the surplus there. This this is the way that's laid out in the draft, right? In the first half of the draft, you're going to have all like that top tier wide receivers, quarterbacks, and linemen, right? Mm-hmm. Then that middle to late round, you're going to start seeing the top tier defensive players going along with like the defensive linemen and you know, it's going to end up happening that way.
1: I want to say two things. I want to say two things. One's funny, but I'll save that one for a second. I I think I, you guys overruled me last week, but I'm really really certain. Like I, I don't want to put money on it because I, I kind of want this to happen. I'll so bet I don't whatever know what
0: it is. <laughs>
1: I really think um, Pensacola is gonna go to the to the Bengals at five, and that means that I feel like they're gonna get Terrence Marshall in the second. But that that being said, I don't I don't I don't believe it enough to bet on it. But I'm looking at Terrence Marshall on NFL Network, and you know who his comparison is? Who? Josh Doxon.
0: Jesus, that's wow. bad. So they do hey, bad There ones. you go. There's your bust. There's the bad one. And <laughs> reading that, I don't want him. By the way, I'm looking to be correct when we had this argument oh, last. I had a
1: question. I had a question about that, right? We talked about the uh, third pick, right? All it's... of you said Justin Fields or Trey Lance.
3: Okay, wait. Not all Trey of us. Jones. I said, oh, yeah, Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, wait. Between you and me, you said Mac Jones, and I said Justin Fields. If it's Trey Lance, we, it's just it's a wash.
3: Correct. Cool. If it's $35. You know, what if you guys pay me, because I called that.
0: <laughs> it's not going to be Justin Fields. Actually, in reality, Justin Fields is my guy that's going to slip. I think he's going to slip big time. Um, his hype was high, and it still is high. But And people think he's top five. If not top five, for sure, top 10. I say he falls out of top 10. He's a first-round pick. I don't think he's a first-round player, I, so but he's going to
1: be a first-round pick. Someone said this, and I think it was Fantasy Pros. I was watching their mock draft, and they're like, "It sounds more and more like the Mac Jones going three overall was created by like the media and like people to talk about because everyone knows it's going to be Justin Fields. It didn't make sense for them to trade up to get somebody they could have gotten without trading up.
0: Now, where they were, where did they move up from? They well, were they the to. Move- they were at 12. They were at 12. They could have
1: gotten him at 12. They were ahead of... They if, were ahead if they
2: were of, going for Mac Jones, they could have gotten him at 12. Yeah,
1: because Denver is going to take Trey Lance or Justin Fields, whoever falls to them at that point.
0: Denver is going to go quarterback, yeah, and one will fall to him. But Denver's before 12.
1: Yeah, but that means Mac Jones will still be there.
3: I don't think they're going for Mac Jones. Like I told you again, I think they moved up because they want to be guaranteed on the guy that they're going to get. Which is Justin Fields.
0: And and you're 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 omitting the reality that a team could trade up into the top ten to grab more quarterbacks. So saying that the forty nine ers were at twelve and they were guaranteed to get Mac Jones is is false illusion. What I'm
2: saying is they don't do that that for three was not necessary. To get that guy. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's you something. want to
0: find a trade partner, right? Like if, if you're talking to the Bengals at five and they're, giving, they're asking for the same thing to get to number three, then why would you move to five? You'd go to number three.
1: I, I don't know the draft order off the top
3: I'm of my head. I think that regardless mm-hmm. of like Mac Jones or not, I don't think it's Mac Jones, but I think they had to move up there just to get the guy that they feel like they want and to run the franchise on. Then
1: that's I Justin mean, Fields. that's what
2: I agree with. I agree with that part. Three. They,
1: I agree I with everything you're saying. I
0: just that's why I think it's not Mac Jones. It, it can't be. We agreed on this last week. Trey Lance has the highest ceiling, right? Because right. we have like no idea got- what his floor is. Because we have right. no idea so what his floor is. So no, that's obviously if he was the highest ceiling in the highest floor, then he'd be Trevor Lawrence going number one. Yeah. No, no, no <laughs> what I'm saying is no, no
1: no 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 no. I'm saying that we have no idea how high he can go
0: because we have no we also have no idea how low he can go. <laughs>
1: At right, like and that's, everyone that's, else like
3: that's I think the gamble can, that they're taking. That's right? his
0: mystery, right? Mac Jones's mystery is maybe not a low floor, but maybe not a high ceiling either. That's his mystery. Okay, I want to ruin the
1: Washington fans' day. I just want to say that I was watching the fantasy pros mock draft, and they had Mac Jones going to Washington without us moving up. I'll they had, that.
0: huh? I'll take that. He's a number three overall pick. We're gonna get him at nineteen. <laughs>
1: I mean, remember first,
0: Matt Jones or Justin Fields?
1: I want neither of them. I don't want to know Who
0: goes first?
1: Who's gonna go first? Justin Fields. We that's what we're agreeing. On. You know what's gonna be? Bet, let's wait, make wait. that a
0: separate bet.
1: Can I ask you a question? What if Justin Fields goes two, and Matt Jones <laughs> goes three?
0: Then, then it's a wash. No, I win. No, that's a wash. How is that a wash? We bet on number three. Uh, breaking news coming in, J.K. You want to break it? Washington football team. My,
2: my phone died, so I don't know. <laughs> Deron Payne See, got the... 8.5
0: yeah. million.
2: Who did? Deron Payne.
0: Deron Payne. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it does make sense.
1: All um, right, man. All Anything right.
0: else? Anything else to break? Okay, who do you think... Who, okay, in the first
1: round. I can break who, a lot of things.
2: I mean, <laughs> not news, though.
1: In the first round, who do you guys think... Who do you think is going to be the steal of the first round? Or, like, who's even the guy that just drops that someone's going to get for, like, free in comparison? Is that yes, Fields.
0: <laughs> I, think, I think in time, and we, you're not going to know this after the first weekend, in hindsight, when we look back, it'll be mm-hmm. Najee Harris. Because people are already not talking about taking him in the top 10. And in reality, he should be a top 10 pick. Um, it's a quarterback-heavy draft. Next year won't be a quarterback-heavy draft. So teams that need quarterbacks are either already in the top 10 because they moved there or they're going to trade on draft day to move in. But when we look back on it, one of these five quarterbacks will hit because that's the average going rate. You're not going to have two, three, four good quarterbacks all in the same draft. The Big Ben, Eli Manning uh, draft is the exception. Phillip Rivers, that was the exception. Normally it's one out of five. Remember how high everyone was on the uh, the draft? Where who who did Arizona pick? That was a complete bust. Josh Rosen. Josh yeah. Rosen. Everybody was so high. I was high. I actually wanted Washington to maybe consider doing.
1: We all did. We a were lot all... of
0: players got drafted in that year, and a lot of players are bust. Najee Harris will be the guy in hindsight. But for that one quarterback that actually ends up hitting, will be the, will be known as a guy who was a steal.
2: Okay, so. This is not actually considered a steal just because I, I think he still goes top ten, but his position in the top ten is gonna get greatly reduced because of the quarterback run in the beginning, which is sul I think Pene Sul goes to the bottom half of the top ten because of the run that they'll have at the top half on quarterbacks. And he is who we are if he is what we expect him to be. Be that next great left tackle, be that next Tyron Smith, be that next Trent Williams, be that next, you know, staple staple on the left side. Like, yeah. If he is what he is and he goes to the bottom half of the top 10, that's the biggest deal in the draft.
0: Yeah, he looks like he could be. Um, If I'm the Bengals at five, I would go get him. It's nice to have a flashy receiver. Um, Jamar Chase has that potential. But like it's there's a lot to be said about grabbing an offensive tackle that you can have locked in for the next five years,
1: if not more. If
0: I if will still state
2: more. though, my steal of the draft is going to be Jabril Khan.
0: the biggest steal also. of the draft. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He could be a steal.
1: I think I I still stick with it. I think Michael Michael Parsons, as long as he doesn't like do something outside of it, like if his outside of football life is all right, I think he's just gonna fall based on what this draft is. And based on, like, kind of the character issues, he could be a huge steal. And can you imagine him playing behind, like, an amazing line later in the game? Like, he's just going to come out free, running he after looks, your quarterback. Yeah,
0: he looks the, he part. looks the part. He looks the part. But he's got the baggage. He's got the yeah. off-the-field issues, the bullying, the teammate arguments um, that may make him slip. But, honestly, I think teams are going to put that aside. I think those are the kind of things that teams are confident that they can fix in a player. It's not. I
1: I think in the right environment with the team that's winning, it's not gonna work. You're not. There's too many guys there that can beat your ass too. On top of that, and that have like one game. Do you know what I mean? Can you imagine yeah, you going to a- that culture? Like if you go yeah. to a
0: Baltimore, I agree. Yeah. If you go to like a Jacksonville, like who's there that's gonna no, be? Agreed.
1: Huh? agree. That's what I agree with you 100%. Like that's it has. It, he can't go to the Jets or someplace. It's just he's gonna do whatever he wants. Like you said, like ba- in Baltimore, it would be an issue. Like it'd get straightened out.
0: At the end of the day, like this whole draft comes down to one simple thing. All 31 teams out of 32 want the same thing for the Dallas Cowboys to lose. And so if (laughs) we can all just work towards that common goal, we all win at the end of the year. It doesn't matter if Tom Brady's hoisting the trophy or what. As long as the Cowboys don't hoist it, we all win. I I,
3: I totally agree with you, except for the fact that we had a hell of a draft last year. So we're going for two for two. Let's see what we can do.
0: You guys did have a hell of a draft. It upsets me. The first two rounds, especially. Um, it's fine. CD we got, looks like he's going to be a star.
1: We got Chase Young. It doesn't matter. We got Chase Young and it's all that matters, baby. All that
0: You matters. get Chase Young. All right, boys, this time next week, we'll know what all of our teams drafted. We'll do a recap of the draft. Big steals, big misses. Um, we'll talk about our respective teams a little bit. And in the coming weeks, we'll go into further detail. And before you know it, we got NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs on the horizon. Yeah. Um, it's going to be wild. Let's yeah, go. They're Cats. Going through their last stretches right now. It looks like hopefully the local teams here will both be in contention for the playoffs. Uh, so I be hope fun.
1: not. I hope not. Hope I hope not? the Wizards aren't. I don't want them to be in the playoffs for nothing. it want...
0: Washington 76ers first round.
1: I don't want that. I don't. If
0: I'm a Philly fan, yeah, I wouldn't want
1: that either. Washington looks dangerous. Well, no. And Joel Embiid would just dunk on the entire team. But alright, this is another episode of I Call Next. Uh, steals of the draft. Oh, no. Winners and losers next week. We're doing that. Winners and losers. Give some draft grades. We can do all that stuff. Fun stuff. So, make sure you're subscribed because we're going to do that. And we're going to talk about how all the NFC, team, NFC East teams screwed up and Washington are the best and we're going to win the Lombardi Trophy. Okay, bye now.
2: Bye-bye.